Welcome to Catholic Leadership for Civil Society, a community of Catholic leaders on Clubhouse. This is a space about Catholic leadership, but not for the parish or the diocese. This room is about Catholic leadership for the world. Stay with us and allow us to share with you a vision handed to us by the Second Vatican Council to help advance the mission of the Church. And it all boils down to one idea, engaging society as civic leaders. My name is Christopher Pereira. I am your host and my co-host, Erin Monin, is already in the room. Hi, Erin. Hello, Christopher, and good morning, everyone. Um, we are so excited to get started, but um, if you haven't already before we start, uh, please take some time now to ping at least five people, five Catholic professionals that you know and follow in Clubhouse. Uh, when you do Jesus. this, their friends will be notified and attracted to join the room. So we would love to have as many people join us as possible. It's always a great conversation when there's lots of people here. So uh, thanks again for being here, and I'll pass it off to you, Christopher. Thank you, Erin. And I am so happy to see our very good friends, Chris and JP, joining us on the stage. You become automatic moderators when you come to the room, guys. You know that this is your space as well. Um, we want to talk today within the large topic of Catholic leadership for civil society, which is what brings us together every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to this room. And everybody, if you're joining for the first time, we invite you to join the conversation Weekly, We're trying to create a, a community within the Catholic Professionals Group. We're trying to, to create an intentional community also within this topic of Catholic leadership for civil society to uh, intentionally strive for leadership out in civil society. But Catholic leadership, that's the type of leadership that we want to foment. Within that larger topic that we touch on every week, this week, today, we're talking about prayer. Something very basic, very uh, elemental, but that very often gets neglected by leaders. And, and leaders tend to uh, become very busy people. And we have so many things in our agenda. And I was just sharing with Erin right before we started the room that for me, prayer, unfortunately, the way, the only way that I can make sure that it takes place in my life is by putting it, putting it in my calendar. And I was telling her, I don't know if that's a bad thing, but I know that if it's not on my calendar, I won't do it. So for me, uh, it, it's, it has become a habit, but I also need to see it there. And actually it's more, not, not that I need to be reminded to pray, but that I need to make the space in my life and even in my work life to pray. So if I have it in my calendar that I need to dedicate uh, uh, 45 minutes in the morning to pray my rosary and I don't make any appointments that morning so that I can pray the rosary, then I will do it daily. Just like with my examination of conscience, the Angelus, or, or um, any other devotion that we might have. I am a firm believer that we need to have a plan for spiritual life. And of course, prayer and the sacraments need to be an essential integral part of that uh, of that life, of that plan for life. But I want I want to hand it over to Erin because I know that she has some great ideas and 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 a lot to share with regards to this topic. Erin, thanks, Christopher. And um, yeah, so first of all, I want to say that 
Um, I was actually struck so much by um, something that one of our listeners, I'm going to call him out, JP, said last week um, that we kind of just flowed into this topic for our room this week. So that's the beauty of this room is that you guys inspire us too. So things that you say and share, um, we take that and we kind of run with it with our topics. So thank you, JP, for your insight. I'll share what you said in a minute um, last week that kind of inspired this. But yeah, leadership and prayer is goes hand in hand like Christopher said and also uh Christopher to your point I don't think that putting in a calendar is bad at all I've actually had to do that at several in several seasons of my life sometimes things don't happen unless they're written down I'm definitely one of those people and I think a lot of us are especially we are working professionals we're we have a lot of things going on. We're raising families. We have busy schedules. I don't really, I can't think of one person that I know in my entire life who isn't busy. Like, let's be real. We're all busy. So if things aren't written down or they're not scheduled in, they don't happen. So I think prayer is definitely something that should be scheduled into our calendars if we're those kind of people who need to have that um, structure and that if it's not written down, it won't happen. So no, totally a firm believer in that, Christopher. I don't think you should put unfortunately before you share that because I think that it's really beautiful that that is something that's such a priority to you that is put in your schedule every day. But yeah, this topic is, um, it should be near and dear to all of us. Like Christopher was saying, prayer is an elemental part of our faith. It's how we converse with God. It's how we hear him um, speak to us. And just all of these things that we're doing in our lives, they need to first be brought to him. So what JP had said last week, he he was talking about adoration, but he said, if we're not spending time in adoration, I'm just going to change it to prayer. <laughs> what we're doing in our minist- in our ministries doesn't matter. And it's so true. So um, thank you, JP, for sharing that insight. I know you shared a lot more last week that went along with that, but that was kind of what really stuck with me. And it's so important and it's so powerful like literally nothing we do matters if we're not first sharing it or bringing it to God um, and having him speak into that having him work through us in whatever it is that we're doing and things like that I just wanted to kind of share that I have a lot of thoughts on this that <laughs> I will go into as we talk throughout this hour um, of time together but I do want to give others the time to speak and share. So um, Chris or JP, if you have anything to start us off, great. And if not, we can. I I can go. Um, Wow, Aaron, (laughs) you, uh, you, uh, you flatter me. Um, But I I think, I think that what I was uh, trying to get at last week with the adoration was really prayer. So I I love that you boiled it down to that. Um, Christopher, to your point, I I used to be, I I was in a religious community for about three years. and one of the great things that I pulled away from that community is that uh, there is sanctification in the schedule, right? God blesses, like at the very beginning of a, the day of a religious, you you take a look at your schedule, and that's how God is speaking to you to act out for the day. And so even our prayer times were very intentional in the schedule. You you put time in for prayer, and you put time in for work. So I love that you that you put time in for prayer. I, I personally live off my um, my calendar as well, same as you. But I don't I don't put prayer on there, and that's definitely something that I think I I will do, um, even during the workday to set aside fifteen minutes or ten minutes or thirty minutes to to maybe go for a rosary walk or or to sit down and meditate on you know a daily gospel reading. So 
that's one thing that I, I know the we do in Catholic club is at 1145 every day, we, we focus on the, uh, the gospel reading and we do a reflection. So setting that into my schedule, like actually putting it there and creating time around that, I think is super valuable. I think on the a last note from that, um, as far as prayer goes in general to a leader, I think prayer keeps us humble, right? As a leader, it's very, very easy to fall into this, the temptation of pride and prayer reminds us who we are, who we serve, uh, and, um, where we get, the talents and the gifts and the treasures from. Um, this is JP. I'm done speaking. Yeah, no, JP. That's that's great stuff. I real quick. I want to give a shout out to all my TLA uh, cohort fellow uh, uh, participants, Eric, Mary, Sal. Um, great seeing you here. Hey, um, yeah. So prayer. I, uh, you know, I, I don't. I haven't scheduled prayer um, like I probably should. And uh, the last probably year and a half, prayer has been more of a spontaneous thing that I've just said, okay, I need to just stop what I'm doing and pray. And what's been helpful about that is whenever I've had difficult days or difficult moments in a day um, that I just, I'm at my wits end, I just stop and, and I just, I don't, I don't just say like a Hail Mary. I'll like stop and uh, bring up the rosary and just pray the rosary. And there's, I'm fortunate right now in my building that uh, there's a, uh, completely empty space on this level above us. It's un, unfinished commercial space. One of the things though that I, I, I really do strive to do and remember is 3 p.m. every day. And uh, and and 3 p.m. if I do anything during the day, if there's one thing I'll mind her, and I guess you could say that's my scheduled prayer, but uh, I don't always hit that. I mean, there are times when I forget about it. Um, and then my scrupulosity will kick in and say, oh, well, it's 3.15. I can't really pray the Divine Mercy Chapel because it's not three, right? But then, you know, just, just settling down and saying, look, it, it's important to pray. That's the reminder is this is the time frame to do it. Um, so during the day, it, it, I mean, the day we're all busy professionals. There's the hustle and bustle of the day. There's things we're trying to get done. If we stop in the middle of our day to pray, it really does throw a, a wrench in things. But I think really what comes out of it is just remembering that it, our Lord comes first in everything that we do. And uh, if, if that's at the forefront of our prayer life, then stopping for a spontaneous prayer or taking that time to schedule it or whatever the case may be, does become a lot easier. And so it becomes, it becomes intentional at that point as well. So um, I encourage uh, everybody to, to always carry a rosary on them. And, and if you don't pray the rosary every day, you know, it's certainly a good time to start, you know, working on that. Start maybe once a week at minimum. Okay. So it's not something you just jump into for everybody, but having that rosary on you for, at least in my experience has always been that reminder of there's a rosary in my pocket. Maybe I should bring it out and pray the rosary. And, um, that is something I've carried. I've done that for probably the last 10 years, always carried a rosary on me. And it's only maybe in the last uh, year and a half or so that I've consciously been trying to pray the rosary every day, every night with my wife or you know, on my own or whatever the case is. So those are my comments about prayer. Um, I'm done speaking. Thank you very much for that, Chris. Beth, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, I just wanted, hi everyone, I'm Beth. I'm from uh, Columbus. A quick shout out to my um, my my Catholic clubhouse buddy, Mike McGuire, because today is his birthday, um, even though he was fully human at about nine months before then. Um, but I did want to throw out just in talking about the idea of scheduling prayer and kind of getting into the habituation or maybe learning to pray the hours. Um, we used a, 
a book here in the Columbus Catholic Mentorship Program um, here in Columbus, uh, and uh, it's called Plan Your Life by Father Landry. Um, and for anybody who's interested in it, it's kind of a, it's, it's I mean, it, it, it's kind of like a, a religious-y business self-help type concept. So like if you can imagine effective, like what is it, the seven habits of highly effective people for Catholics. Um, but it was really great to use with our mentees who were primarily very young Catholic professionals. Um, and so if anybody is interested in that uh, or interested in taking a look at it, um, I posted it to my Twitter account. So other than that, I'm just listening in and I hope everybody's having a great Thursday. Thank you, Beth. Thank you very much for sharing that and for joining the conversation. I believe prayer, prayer is so essential and, and, and no, not trying to pick uh, on you, Chris. Uh, you mentioned a spontaneous prayer. I think spontaneous prayer is important, but I also think we need to be, everybody needs to have uh, scheduled time for prayer. I think that is very important because, uh, at least for me, I know that if, if it's not scheduled, it won't happen. And, and, and maybe, maybe it's easier for some people to, to just quickly go into the spontaneous prayer. Uh, for me, it's not. I, I, and, and I feel that if I just left it up to it being spontaneous, which it happens, uh, it wouldn't happen as often as I think it should be in my life. But, uh, I love to see how many TLI, uh, Tepeyac leaders are in the room. Salvador, love to hear from you. Oh, sure. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I, I do both, honestly, but I agree with you, uh, Christopher, that um, so the majority of my life I was probably very spontaneous and then try to, and semi-structured, uh, like Chris had mentioned, at 3 o'clock I still do it, or at 3 o'clock hour, um, also at noon for the Angelus. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, I found that through the years, over especially over the past couple of years, I've been um, more structured. And honestly, I first I thought by being structured, it was just going to prohibit uh, my prayer life and my, my prayer time. But actually, it's kind of freed it and enabled it and it kind of drives it uh, more. So I've really been blessed for that. Um, I, I follow, and anyone can follow it, uh, the Liturgy of the Hours. You can find uh, something online that you can do uh, for free. There's a free app as well that anyone could follow daily. There's uh, morning prayers and prayers throughout the day if they want to. They're very short. And then there's an evening prayer and a night prayer where you can also have a reflection at night. And then there's also uh, what they call the office readings where they're usually just a selection of, of readings from either the fathers of the church or papal documents. But uh, I'll get up early. I'll, I'll, I'll pray at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I've started doing that over the past three years. Um, and I'll just, I'll, I'll read those prayers and they're mostly Psalms and they're readings and they're just, it's giving yourself a voice, even though you're reading the Psalms, they really speak to your heart and it's really one expressing uh, what they're reading back to the Lord. And it does allow um, for that structure. I know that I have to get up and say these prayers in the morning or in the evening that I'll read them. But, um, and, and throughout the day, you know, I, I try to practice uh, the presence of God, if anyone has ever read. Uh, Brother Lawrence, just maintaining that God is always with you. God is always in the presence of, of what you do. And then, you know, always just leaving it up to God, too. If something happens, well, this is God's will. It's, it was His divine providence. But see, yeah, so I think both are needed. Um, just like, um, you know, we we go to Mass and we go to church. You know, that's that's a structured prayer. 
um, our our world, the universe is set on laws and times, you know, of, of space, of seasons, uh, the sunrise, the sunset. And so I think that's how I think now of my spiritual life is I'll, I'll follow that same pattern just, you know, in the morning and the evening and, and throughout the day doing something. It's, it's all just to, to give glory to God throughout the day. Beautiful, Salvador. Thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, absolutely. I, there are so many wonderful ways to pray. It's amazing, uh, you know, and every, I feel that every day or, or, or very often in my life, I discover new ways to talk to God, to, to give him praise. Just, just taking the time to appreciate nature for me can be prayer. Just, just, just standing or sitting in awe and, and, and contemplating the beauty of nature to me, it's, it's prayer. I'm, 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 I'm talking to God. Contemplation throughout the days. St. Jose Maria used to say, St. Jose Maria is a big influence in my life, that we must be contemplative beings, contemplative souls, and we must be the whole day, throughout our day. You know, that we, we started the room talking about prayer, you know, uh, structured prayer, prayer, praying your rosary, praying a devotional, uh, or, or impromptu prayer. But also, in the way that we treat others, we pray. In the work that we do, our work can become a prayer itself in the way that we perform our work, if we're intentional about it. And if we do everything that we do daily in our professional lives with love, striving for perfection, and we intentionally offer it up to God as a gift, our work has just become prayer. So anyway, Erin, I know that you have some thoughts on this too. Love to hear them. Yeah, absolutely. I love uh, everything that everyone has said so far. Thank you for starting us off with um, your insights and everything you're sharing. Um, yeah, Christopher, to your point um, at, about like work as prayer or, um, you know, just having that be what infuses our life um, and the lives of others and bringing Christ to them and to what we do every day. I love that concept. And I think it is um, a lot of what we were even speaking to in, in previous weeks in this room, just with like our identity and our purpose and, and bringing God into these, these parts of society, which is technically what our room is all about anyways. But um, yeah, having our work as prayer is, is so beautiful and we can truly sometimes see it as our ministry. Um, there was some talk last week in our room as well about our work doesn't always have to be our ministry, but it certainly can be. Um, and that's that's how we can bring um, prayer into our lives as well. Um, I was kind of contemplating on what I, the summary was that I had written for this room. And Christopher, you and I had talked about this too. But um, one of the things that we had written down in some of our brainstorming was that you can't have leadership without prayer and you can't have prayer without leadership. And the prayer, um, like not having leadership without prayer made sense to me. I'm like, obviously everything flows from prayer. But then I was like, wait, so you can't have prayer without leadership. And so I was contemplating that before we started this room. And it really is true because when we are communicating with God, when we are praying to Him, when we're making our lives surrounded with prayer in whatever way that is, whether it's structured or spontaneous, which we've been talking about already, um, our, our, our relationships with Christ demand that we be disciples and leaders in the modern world. So really, 
prayer can't happen without you taking the next steps and being that leader that we're called to. So um, just like my random thoughts, but I was I was really contemplating that because that's something we had literally written down as like part of the summary for this room. So I was like, <laughs> I was thinking it through. I was like, oh, yeah. So I, I would love to hear anyone's thoughts on that, on like how... I mean, obviously, we can't do anything without prayer. We all understand that, specifically leadership as Catholic leaders, which is what we always discuss in this room. But also thinking about this concept of prayer demands that we do take that next step and that we do step out into this world and be those disciples, be those leaders, be these Catholic leaders in our civil society. Um, I believe that really we... um, we can't we can't have prayer without that next step of leadership in some way, shape, or form. Leadership doesn't always need to be like being a politician or being a leader of a board or being on a board or being the president of a club. Like leadership can be a lot of different things in our own communities, but prayer does demand that we take that next step. So I'd love to hear anyone's thoughts on my rambling, but that was just something I had been really contemplating as we um, prepared for this room. So we have some people who have joined the stage. I think Connor may have joined first. So Connor, if you want to go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I love every time I come up here and like, and I have a thought, what you're saying is like a perfect segue into kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm glad it worked um, out that way. <laughs> thank you. The, the Lord provides. Um, so kind of when we were talking, the biggest thing for me with prayer, you know, I do a lot of freelance work, constant, you know, no idea what I'm doing next. No, I, you know, keeping a schedule is hard. And when I have to pray and then it's like, oh, but I have to finish this project. And I think that's for, at least for me, the hardest element of prayer is even when it's scheduled in hearing that alarm go off and being like, I have to finish this project. You know, it'll only be 10 minutes and then I'll pray. And then I get caught up in an email and then I get caught up in something else. And, uh, one of my my former spiritual director had a great response to that when I was asking like, hey, how do I break out of that kind of a that kind of a habit of going from oh yeah I'm I'm totally praying it's all in my schedule I'm ready to go to I I can't right now whenever that time comes and he said that it's about changing your mindset and I love what he said he said that changing once you change your mindset it will change your behavior and behavior will change your outcome and so what he recommended was treating prayer like it's a gift. You know, that we don't have to, God doesn't have to give us the ability to speak with him when we're busy. You know, it's the same thing with the mass. It's hard to go to mass on Sunday. Like, oh man, I have to get dressed, get all the, everybody ready, get everybody in the car. But when you treat it like I get to go spend time with God, I get to talk to God in prayer, then it starts to change. It's no longer, I have to pray. It's, oh, I have to pray. You know, when we start to treat prayer like a gift, then it's, we are less inclined to not use it, you know? Like, if you're if you're given something, you know, for free, right, then you don't want to use it. But if there's a price to it, and if we know as Christ, Catholic Christians that the price to all of this is Christ's death on the cross, and if we truly believe that, then prayer is a gift that we have been given to be able to speak with God and say, God, I'm struggling, I'm hurting right now, can you help me? Or even just saying, God, you know what, I'm having a great day, thank you so much, I'm going to just thank you today, I'm just going to praise you. And so I would say, that that's the recommendation I have if anyone gets into that sort of a rut. And Connor, I agree with you. It's like you 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 get in your mind that it has to be at noon or at three and then work comes up. 
And so I wanted to share two things and sort of my work around to those because I still struggle with them. And I'm, I'm so glad that you guys are sharing some hacks, some life hacks for prayer. The two that have worked for me, number one is there's always alone time that we're faced with throughout the day, right? Maybe you're driving to work, you're on the Metro. That's a great time to find prayer, right? Is use those existing alone times and devote them to prayer. You don't have to carve out a new time right? Try to use what's already there. For me, it's when I'm on the treadmill. I'm a treadmill runner. A lot of people are like, I can't understand how you can do that. Well, frankly, I just turn my, I turn my brain off and I pull up my rosary and I've got 25 minutes at 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And I just pray a rosary. Um, and that's my, that's my prayer time. Um, and I really try to devote myself and then I add on from there. But the second thing is, is accountability. And I found that carving out time, even 20 minutes to pray with a friend, um, helps me as an extrovert, as a people person. I, I, I enjoy that accountability. I need that alone time. And I, I do find that, but having someone else there was really helpful. When I was at law school, I started a rosary Monday. We had consistently four or five people and we'd hammer out a rosary on Monday at lunch and people noticed. And so Aaron, to your point about leadership for called to do these things, it's a great even uh, evangelization tool is praying in public with other people. So those are my two life hacks. I'm definitely taking as many notes as I can on this. Thanks for sharing, guys. Absolutely, Mike. I think we're all learning from, from one another here. And we'll go to, to Luis in just a second. Uh, but I just want to say that back to prayer and leadership, um, I think it's so essential as leaders that we pray because we are people of ambition. We're people that are ambitious. We should, we should be ambitious people. And I'm talking about good ambition, the one that seeks to give God all the glory. We should aspire to do great things for God's glory. But we will never be effective or effective enough, or we will only come so far and never really, really achieve everything that we could otherwise through God's grace if we are not serious about our prayer life. Luis, we'd love to hear what you have to say. I think, too, uh, so first of all, honored to be here with everyone. One of the things that I think is important um, is what is our frame? You know, I think about the biblical frame. You look at the Old Testament stories, how prayer and social and civic engagement are in no way uh, dichotomized. You see, when you have renewals in society, it's a liturgical renewal and it's a civic renewal. It's not ever divorced. And I think that model has to be in the mind of people who feel called to leadership. You know, that liturgical life that we have, you know, we don't just have the mass on Sunday. We have the mass on Sunday, of course, but we don't just have that. Um, we're called to live a liturgical life, which does mean times of prayer that we actually build out. And so when we look at the church, we should say, hey, if we're going to have a domestic church here or for a single person, if I'm going to live a life built on Christ, then I have to have prayer as a part of that broader engagement because we don't have this view of our social and civic calling different and separate from our religious calling and vocation. I think that mindset shift also is critical in order to justify for yourself the time spent and the effort spent in prayer. It's critical. One of the things too, other than just building out times that are appropriate for your family or your personal life is like those moments, those aspirations, you know, saying just Jesus, like just the name of Jesus saying like Mary, uh, enter into this moment with me. You know, those small aspirations are not meaningless and somebody cited saint jose maria how many aspirations does saint jose maria discuss in his writings as being critical you know in the eastern traditions the the uh, the main one of the primary prayers of the eastern tradition is the jesus prayer 
which is truly just saying, um, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner, over and over again. Those that one simple sentence is the is the whole basis of many monastics' entire religious life is just saying that prayer hundreds of hundreds of times a day. And when we think about that, we have to remember too, after we're building out those those specific times, that the conversation doesn't stop at specific times of prayer, but it's, it should be a continual dialogue. As St. Paul says, we should try to pray unceasingly. We should become people built on prayer. Um, and, and that's not in any way divorced from civic engagement or social calling. So uh, yeah, those are my thoughts. I'm Lewis and I'm done speaking. Thank you, Luis. Absolutely. I think that connects right into the contemplative souls concept that I was referring to earlier. Lauren, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Sorry, I had to step out of my office for a moment. I could not participate. Today is uh, an awesome conversation. And uh, Luis, one thing that you mentioned, kind of taking prayer from work also to teaching prayer to our children. So that's something that um, we were able to start this year. Our kids are small and they started going to Catholic school. And of course, they have a lot of um, prayer that's uh, incorporated in their schooling. But when we get to their school, we created a family prayer so that every day when we drop them off, we pray, um, you know, Jesus, please bless our school, our teachers, our family, our friends. And at the end, they say, Jesus, I love you. Amen. And so it's a very short prayer. They're small children. I'm sure we'll add to it through the years. But just learning that. And now my three-year-old, who's very small, um, you know, we were at church and I asked him, did you say your prayers? And he stopped and he said, Jesus, I love you. Amen. And so, you know, taking that from from a place of work, which um, I I was sharing that, you know, um, previously in a, a talk, my work, I'm really blessed at our office down in Costa Rica. We have a chapel with adoration in it in our office. It's so huge. It's amazing. It's really uh, powerful. That's kind of what they call our secret. Um, but even just in our day-to-day, our, our president of our company will stop and he will, you know, before any large presentation and, and meetings that we have, he will share with us a prayer. Um, all the way down to our, our little people, our little ones who are, are going to be taking over um, in, in our workplaces as well as the next generations, that they learn that simple simple phrases can also be so powerful. So that was just something I wanted to add. And thank you so much for this room, Chris and Aaron. And I'm finished speaking. Thank you, Lauren. And what a blessing to have a, a, a boss that will lead with prayer. I mean, even, and I'm guessing this is a secular setting. Uh, for those of us who work maybe in a Catholic institution, uh, maybe it's a little easier to pray and maybe pray for the things that you're doing, for the work that you're doing. But I would love to hear from those of you who work in secular settings. Can you and can you openly and do you uh, privately at least pray for the work that you're doing, right? If you are an architect and you're building a new school or, or hospital, do you pray for this project? Do you, do you, you know, because you probably, if you're a faithful Catholic, you probably have prayer for your own life, but do you unplug, do your work and then go back to your life and then pray for your life and, and whatever is going on, do you, are you intentional about actually praying for the work that you do? That's a, a question that I will pose for anybody on the stage or uh, anybody that wants to join the stage. Yeah. I, if I could, uh, if I could elaborate on that. So it's funny you asked that question because um, similar to Connor and Aaron's telepathy there. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Um, so, but to, to kind of sound off of, on what Mike and Connor talked about, you know, Connor talking about prayer is that gift, right? And, um, and, and, uh, 
kind of going, that was kind of the bridge of that spontaneity that I was, you know, thinking of. And, and to go into that more, I work in the field I work in, in the real estate mortgage industry. Um, I run across all sorts of personalities, of course, all, all types of people. And what has been a struggle at times is just dealing with all walks of life that come about. And, and same thing with clients. I mean, there's all walks of life as far as clients I work with, and I have to be moldable and kind of fit my personality at times around, you know, what their needs are, at least trying to understand them. And, you know, it was uh, a couple of years ago, I, it was kind of one of those gifts, but at the same time, it was a frustrating thing. And it was the grace afterwards that I, that I kind of noticed of what the opportunity was, but I had a, a, a business partner who just, I, I, we did some great things. We, we got the file ready to close early and I called him up and was like, Hey, we're, we're going to close early. And he got upset at me in the end that we were closing early because I interrupted his dinner plans for that evening. I guess he was going on a date or something, but I interrupted his dinner plans. And then, you know, he kind of cheekishly was like, do you, do you go home and, and, and have dinner with your family on time and at a decent hour? And I just, I lost it on him on the phone and I lost it because, you know, it was just this, this effect of like, you know, how dare you talk to me that way and, and treat me that way? Number one, number two, you have no idea what I've sacrificed to get to this point and to help people like you, you know, achieve your dreams. Right. And so I got, it was one of those moments where I, um, after the fact, I was like, I definitely should have handled that better. And, um, you know, I should not have blown up the way I did. And, and I actually, I, my wife, you know, God bless her. She said, you know, you, you just need to pray for him. And I was resistant. I was struggling with that. And, but I did, I decided to, I was like, you know what? I, I, she's right. I need to pray for him. I need to make sure that I need to pray for his happiness. I need to pray that, you know, the work he does, you know, is fruitful. I need to also remember that, um, you know, we're, we're blessed and privileged to be in this position, pray for the client. And since then I've made it, I I've, whenever I encounter those situations or encounter situations where my clients are struggling with something, you know, I, I have turned and, and prayed for them. And, or if they reach out and they're like, Hey, my, my brother-in-law is sick or my mother's sick. I, I have to put this on hold, you know, praying for them, not because I want something in the end, not because I'm trying to gain like a deal or a transaction or anything, but because I, like I genuinely care. And, and so it's an amazing feel, transformation to, to, to pray for the people that, that offend you and that aggravate you because they open your heart more to a, another level of mercy and forgiveness that just, I don't think we as a culture really ha- have practiced for quite some time for decades. Um, so praying for it, that, that's how I do it now. I pray for those people in my line of work. You know, I pray for the success of, of, you know, the, the transaction closing, because I do believe in what, you know, I do as, as far as creating a stable, healthy society and, and creating families. And so, um, I'm done speaking. Yeah. I just want to jump in, Chris. That's exactly something to, um, no, my, my company is a secular company. Um, the president is Christian and a believer, but we work with civil engineering and government. Most of all of our clients are government. And so we have to be very cautious um, as a private company, when we work with these clients and government, you know, we have to be very cautious what we're saying so as not to offend. And But then we kind of search out. And that too, Chris, is such a great point. We have to pray for those who are are in our lives that are more difficult. I've stepped into my car for a moment, but I, I have a particular manager who 
is very, very difficult. And I found, um, I, I was affronted and, and asked the same thing. Do you pray for him? Do you, do you pray for him individually in his life? And so I started doing that frequently and I found a lot more compassion from myself for this particular manager. And I, I found myself, you know, stepping into his shoes, realizing, you know, he does have a lot going on and he's got a lot that he's trying to hold up. And with that compassion, I was able to communicate with him better. And, and I always find if I consistently pray for this particular person, I find that things work smoother and it is, it is a certain level of grace and we, it has been lost by us. I, I am fortunate that my president of my company is a great mentor and he's been teaching me the importance of making sure to incorporate prayer in what we're doing, uh, in the large decisions and the big R and D, all the things. Um, but man, that's been a decade worth of, uh, practice and, and, and watching that happen. And it's, it's sometimes it's never easy, um, especially in the moment to say a freelance prayer in front of people you're not sure if they're believers or not even, um, let alone Catholics. And so, Chris, I just wanted to reiterate that, that in the secular world and, and also with the people we're working with, um, that is a beautiful thing. It can sound so difficult and in your heart, it can be so hard to do, but God opens up a lot of grace and mercy once you do. I want to follow up and say something that I spoke on last week that's perfect in this, that, you know, when we're trying to speak especially pray with those around us who we aren't sure if they're Christian or they might not even be. Um, 70% of Christians say the reason they don't share or express their faith is because they're scared of what others will think or the reaction of others. But only 30% of non-Christians say that they are annoyed or perturbed at all if someone who is Christian shares or expresses their faith. So in a practical way, I have a friend who does... uh, backhoe, or not backhoe, uh, like forklift sales, right, for warehouses. And whenever he's going, you know, he likes to get to know the people who he's speaking with, the people who he's selling to. And so, you know, if they if they say something and he's like, genuinely, you know, how are you doing? And they're like, I haven't had a great day. He's like, tell me about it. And, you know, if they're open to it, he's like, hey, can I just pray with you for a second here? And, you know, even if they're like, no, no, thanks, you know, they, the action there is that they feel like you care about them. And as, as not just civic leaders, but as as business people, as Catholic professionals, that's kind of the, the, the first response that people should have when they interact with us. Not that we're trying to sell them a product, but that we're genuinely trying to help them. You know, it's like with uh, um, Penn from Penn & Teller, how, you know, he said someone, he's a strict atheist, incredibly devout atheist. And that sounds like a weird phrase, devout atheist. But he is, someone asked him one time, like, do you think you know, are you, do you get annoyed when someone says, I'll pray for you? And he's like, no, because in their mind, they believe that God exists and that they are doing the best thing they can for me by off asking God to help me. And I think that's a great thing. And so, you know, we shouldn't be, uh, obviously we must, have, we should have prudence in each situation, but we shouldn't be scared of the moments that come where we feel like, hey, God is calling me to, you know, pray or say something that's religiously minded. We shouldn't be scared of showing that we're Christian in the workplace, especially with prayer, either with ourselves, like Chris was talking about, or praying with others. Absolutely. Um, hi, I, I'm Claire. Uh, if you hear little voices in the background, I'm on recess duty watching my kiddos, but I'm listening in. And what I what I wanted to chime in and say. Um, it is so hard to also pray for the people who hurt you, pray for the people who have hurt your heart. And I find that as a personal challenge where I really kind of have to call upon um, grace and ask God like, just 
put mercy into that prayer. Um, and I also, I don't know if I read this or if I heard this from another Catholic friend of praying before difficult conversations, um, praying and asking your guardian angel to like talk to that person's guardian angel. And then um, hopefully that helps the conversation that way. Um, <laughs> I'm Claire and I'm done speaking. Thank you very much, Claire. And we're, we're going to pray also for your sanity. I hear a lot of children. <laughs> As a parent of four, I, I understand what that can be like. Aaron, this might be a good time for a reset. We're about uh, 20 minutes before the room closes. So would you like to set us back? Yeah, absolutely. So um, thank you to everyone who's joined us today. I think we've had several people join us uh, since we started at nine. So um, if you, I'm sure you've picked up on what we're talking about, but if you're newer to this room, um, this is our Catholic Leadership for Civil Society room. We do this once a week on Thursday mornings. Um, the overarching uh, topic is um, how can we advance the mission of the church as Catholic leaders in our society today? Today we're talking specifically about leadership and prayer. Um, how do they work uh, together and how can one help the other and vice versa? We've had a lot of great discussions so far. I'm taking a ton of notes. You guys are just inspiring me left and right today, as you always do. Um, but yeah, so prayer and leadership, um, how how do you experience them in your own life? What have you observed in the, in the lives of others? And um, how can this impact our civil society? So thanks, Chris. And of course, we couldn't be leaders in civil society if we're not leaders in our own home. And I, do, I know that Salvador is a great leader as a dad and, and as a husband. I would love to hear from you, Salvador, a perspective on prayer as the leader of your home. Sal, are you there? I am here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because every time you kind of segue to me, I just stop working and talking to someone and <laughs> uh, for work and then just divine providence, I guess. You just happen to know that. Uh, thank you for listening to your guardian angel. Um, yeah, so uh, at home, it's, you know, it it's, I've always had, I think, a, a very good to decent prayer life. Um, and it's taken me years to realize that how much uh, in fatherhood, that how in a spiritual life and, you know, to, to lead our family in prayer. Um, it's, ex it's extremely important, uh, not only, uh, for me a as a dad and as a husband, uh, but for my children. Um, I recall when there were times when, um, I, I was able to, uh, there was one point I worked from home a lot. I uh, had my own business, so I was able to work from home. Um, but I would have opportunities throughout the day and I have seven kids and ma majority of my kids were very young at the time. Uh, they would see me just sitting on the stairs and across from the stairs from where I would sit, I have a, a, a picture of uh, the sacred heart of Jesus. And I just would sit there and just meditate and sometimes say a rosary or maybe have a Bible open in front of me. And the kids would be running around, um, you know, I, I think like Claire's background uh, noise there. And, uh, and for me, that's fine. I could tune that out. But every time they would come running by me, they would always stop, get really, really quiet as if they knew something was there, something was going on. And, um, you know, I, I've noticed that when I moved to our, our parish that we currently live in, um, I think it was just habit where no one would ever reverence the tabernacle. It was off to the side and they wouldn't bow or they wouldn't genuflect. And it was just something that I've always was taught to do. And 
I noticed when I did that and my children did that, the other you know parishioners' children started doing that. They would see see that and they would reverence the tabernacle. And so, yeah, it's, it's very powerful um, when we actually live out our faith. Um, the children notice it even from a young age and as they get older. And, you know, even as they grow older, you know, my oldest is 20 and my youngest tw- is 12. Um, they tend to, it becomes more inherent in them. Sometimes they don't know what they're thinking of, um, what they're doing, but there's something impelling them inside of them, you know, whether it be the Holy Spirit that they just don't realize yet. Um but it all has to come from, you know, there, we, we preach by word of mouth, but we also preach by, you know, by our actions. And so uh, to me, that's the best way that we could lead in prayer is for, uh, especially us men and us fathers, is to lead our children and our family in, in that prayer. And then um, to, um, I don't remember who spoke earlier, but uh, someone had mentioned just about changing the, the perspective of prayer. Um, you know, that's the same thing. It's, there's one thing to have it scheduled. Um, but kind of like, you know, if I, when I have a schedule to go to the gym after a while, it just falls off. It becomes the last thing to, to happen. But, you know, but everyone loves to have their schedules, write things on a piece of paper, uh, timeline of what they're going to get done. But, you know, that's not prayer. Prayer is the paper that we write things on. Prayer is the way of life that everything throughout the day should fall on and fall upon if God is the center of our lives, the creator of the universe, everything was created for him, um, then that's the way our, our prayer life should follow. It should be in God, within God, for God. Um, but it, it all begins on our, our realization of that. And it's, it's taken time for me uh, to come to that realization and to, um, you know, live that out in my faith and, and with my family. And, and, and it's difficult just because, again, a father seven, I work in and out of the home doing different things. And it's just, uh, there's many things that are always trying to pull, you know, your attention uh, away. But it's always uh, the, um, uh, what is it, the, the nunchepio, right? I'll always begin again. And, you know, thank God for our, our faith that, you know, God is so loving and so merciful that he always loves us to begin again. Thank you. Thank you, Salvador. Uh, and welcome, Pat, to the stage. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Christopher. I'm sorry I took so long to respond to to all the invitations. I really appreciate that. But I was sitting back in the audience, uh, really, because I'm I'm not uh, currently a professional. Uh, I'm a lot younger than all of you, and so I really just wanted to listen and to to hear your enthusiasm and uh, a bit about your faith life. But I I, I think maybe I, I just wanted to, to say that I I so much agree with what all of you have said about how you pray and, and how you accommodate prayer and your time schedule and or don't or try to or all of that. And all the tips have been really very useful and certainly things that I've used in my life. Um, and I wanted particularly, because Salvador just came on just before me saying a lot of the things that I thought I wanted to say too, to share about my own um, faith life and prayer life and then relevance to what you're doing as professionals now. Um, because it's, it's something that when you've got young children, and my children are all grown up now, are both grown up, not all, just the two of them, that, um, yeah, life is very busy when you're a, 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 a young professional. Life is busy too, because I've just been madly dashing about the house doing things for all sorts of reasons. And so, again, that stopped me from joining the room, um, speaking in the room. But the fact that uh, the realisation that I've acquired more deeply over the years that 
what I need to do as a Catholic is to actually walk the way, the truth, and the life that Jesus asked us to, that God speaks to us and asks us to. And, and that is absolutely very difficult. I'm sure you, you would all agree. But in walking the way, the truth, and the life, as well as talking it, I believe that I can be an example. And when I was professionally working, um, that is what was my major um, um, way of communicating my faith for all sorts of reasons. But in the end, now, I believe that, yes, that is, is I am the example, or I need to hold myself up as an example. And therefore, every moment of the day is when I can engage with God and be with him, speak with him, live my life because of him, uh, live my life as best as I can, close to what I believe he would like me to. And therefore, in doing that, other people around me can, can, can um, perhaps engage with that, talk about that or not, or just see me leading a life that I would like them to understand. I don't have to, to, to talk religion too much. I don't have to, all of that. Um, and perhaps that is because of the environment that I've been. I live in Scotland and um, um, in, the, in the UK there is a certain amount of uh, secularism that um, has been brought into the public eye about, say, you know, you don't wear religious articles and so on and so forth, or rather you can be taken before a court if you are um, um, wearing an, a, a, a religious article because it might be offensive to somebody else, you know, and all of that sort of thing. Um, and, and so with, with the Reformation as well, you, you, you don't, Catholics in Scotland, for instance, have always been very wary of pronouncing their faith too visibly because you can actually, or you could, even today now, you can still actually experience a bit of discrimination and so on. Um, and uh, I do take a strong stance against that, and I, I do wear a crucifix, and I, I, I make a point of being very visible at it. So I suppose that's my little way. Uh, even though I might not deliberately go around and say, I'm going to pray for you, or, um, um, you know, I go to church on Sunday, or anything like that. I don't advertise that much. But it's in how I relate to people, I hope, how I pray within myself, and everything that I do, I try to do from a point of view of prayer and, and engagement with my faith in God. Um, and, and so I, I just wanted to encourage you all to... Uh, keep going with your faith and um, keep doing what it sounds like you're all doing and um, we'll get to the end, right? <laughs> Anyhow, thank you for allowing me on the stage. I really appreciate that and all the very best to you. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for sharing your insights and um, also that knowledge of what, what our fellow Catholics go through uh, in that neck of the woods. So we only have a few minutes left. This is a one-hour room that we do every every week, and I'm going to ask soon. I'm going to ask Erin, my co-host, to do a little, give us a little summary of what was spoken today. But I just want to quickly go over the different points of prayer that a Catholic leader, particularly, should consider having throughout his or her day, other than impromptu prayer, other than 
just simply prayer when you're moved to do it, or even contemplative prayer, which is something that we should really be doing every minute of the day. Other than that, sort of thinking more of a structured prayer, prayer that you can plan to have in your life. The ones, the, the, the points that I can think of is starting at the beginning of the day, the, the morning prayer, that prayer where you offer up the day to God, right? And then uh, hopefully you have a set time of the day when you can pray the rosary. And, and then you have those prayers that you do every time you're going to eat a meal, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then you can, you can also pray the Angelus, the, obviously the Chaplet of Divine Mercy at, at 3 p.m., and the one one that we shouldn't uh, that we should definitely not uh, neglect. I think one of the most important ones at the end of the day, that examination of conscience, ending with an act of contrition. I think uh, is one that we should always absolutely incorporate into our prayer life. But uh, Gina, we did bring you up to the stage. Uh, we'll try to. Uh, have you share for if you could for just a few minutes because we do close the the meeting on time. But please go ahead and share with us. I just wanted to note that um, one of my spiritual directors from the past he would say that you live your day um, when you go to bed at night. You do the examine the conscience and you treat that night as if you won't wake up the next day. He said every time you go to sleep, it's like your mini death and that you need to be prepared to go to heaven. And so you want to carry out your life because every day when you go to sleep, you die. But when you wake up, you give thanks for having renewed life. And like you said, Christopher, you wake up in the morning and you give thanks to God because you, you're living another day of life. And then just carrying out your day as best you can um, to lead a life he to you know, really be um, good to remind me to be a St. Therese in the sense of being quiet in everything that I do and um, and to be unassuming and that people will know of your actions by how you carry yourself out. And I just wanted to share that. Thank I you know. very much, Gina. That, that is beautiful. Every every night as if it was the last night. Absolutely. Erin, would you please help us uh, bring all those, all of these points together? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. So as per usual, you guys had a lot of amazing things to say, so I'm going to try to make this short and sweet, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so JP started us off uh, by sharing that prayer reminds us who we are and who we serve. Um, just a great way to set the tone for this entire uh, discussion. So thank you, JP, for sharing that. Um, Beth shared a book called Plan Your Life by Father Landry. Um, she described it as a combination of religion and business and how the two coincide and can be um, lived out together. So if anyone's looking for a new book to read uh, on something similar to this topic that we discussed today, there's, there's one. Thanks, Beth. Um, Salvador, uh, said, God is always with you. I know that was part of a much longer, <laughs> um, thing that he was sharing at the early part of this conversation, but just a great reminder that, um, even, even if, or when we forget, um, to pray, not that we should, but if that does happen, we, we are so blessed to know that God is always with us in everything we're doing, whether we recognize him being there or not. Um, 
Christopher shared a wonderful quote from St. Jose Maria Escriba, we must be contemplative souls, um, talking about just contemplating the beauty of this earth and of nature and all that God has given us um, in this life, in this world. So beautiful, and I'm glad that we were able to have part of the conversation just be about contemplation, um, because that is such a beautiful form of prayer. Um, Connor shared, I can't remember the exact quote, but he was talking about, um, mindset affects behavior, which affects outcome. Um, so true. And I think it's when we were talking about, you know, setting aside that specific time for prayer. And then he followed it up by saying prayer is a gift and it's something that we get to do, not something we have to do. We should see it as just this this great gift that God has given us to be able to converse with Him, which is exactly what it is. So thank you, Connor, for reminding us <laughs> what prayer really is. Um, Mike gave us some awesome tips and tricks. Uh, one of the things he shared was uh, to use those existing alone times for our prayer time. So those drives to and from work, um, those times that, you know, you're in a waiting room for something, things like that. Use that existing time that is already part of your day to then pray. Um, Lewis, oh, Lewis was talking, I wanted, I wish we had gotten to talk more about this, but I love what he said. Um, he said, if we look to the leaders in the Old Testament, liturgical and societal change was not dichotomized. So they were not separate things. And that's something that we um, as Catholic leaders should and are striving for, for sure. But I, I love that he brought that up. So thank you, Lewis. Um, Chris and Lauren were both sharing their own stories about this particular topic, um, talking about, you know, we should pray for the people that we encounter, whether it's in our lives outside of work or, or within work who are unkind to us because we never know what they're going through, what crosses they're carrying. And um, even though they're taking out whatever it is on us, um, that's not necessarily a reflection of who they may be as a person. So just remembering to pray for those people. Um, Salvador shared that uh, prayer is the paper that we write things on. I love that quote. So glad that we captured that. Um, and and I can't remember what came before this, but it was something to the tune of um, prayer is with God, in God, for God. So thank you, Salvador, for sharing those, those very powerful and profound um, pieces of knowledge with us. Um, Pat uh, finished us off by sharing her insights and experiences. And one of the things that I uh, captured from that, she said, every moment of the day I can speak to or engage with God. Um, just kind of a really great summary of, of everything we've been talking about, that he is always there ready and waiting for us to converse with him. Um, and then Christopher shared a wonderful um, wonderful example of, of what a daily prayer life could look like. Um, morning prayer, the rosary, praying before meals, the angelus, the chaplet of divine mercy, an examination of conscience and an act of contrition. Um, so just one example of the many ways that we can um, have a daily prayer life. So thank you everyone for sharing all of all of the things that you shared. So beautiful and we continue to be inspired by you. So I will let Christopher um, conclude us. Thank you, Erin. That was amazing how you brought all that together. Some quick announcements before we close the room. Next week, the overarching theme for our room is every week is always Catholic leadership for civil society. But we have a subtopic 
specific uh, aspect that we're discussing every week. Next next week, it'll be work as a service to others and means of sanctification. So hopefully you can join us next Thursday and every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time for Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. Also, Erin and I have created a Telegram group. So hopefully you can uh, follow Erin and myself and write on our profiles here on Clubhouse you will find the direct link to our Telegram group so that you can join this Catholic Leadership for Civil Society conversation. And the conversation can go on even after the room closes in that Telegram space. Uh, please follow all of our moderators. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being there. By the way, quick announcements. If, yeah, announcement. If you are going to, because I do see a lot of young Catholic professionals here in the room, if you're going to be at the YCP conference in Dallas this weekend, I will be there. I would love to meet you. If you stop by Tepeyac, the Tepeyac Leadership Initiative booth at the YCP, that's Young Catholic Professionals Conference in Dallas this weekend, if you if you plan to be there, please stop by. I would love to shake your hand and, and meet you. Well, that is if you're shaking. <laughs> We're still living in COVID times. Uh, thank you, everyone. Please remember the objective of this room every week, what Erin and I are trying to, to do is bring forward this message that as Catholic professionals, we have an opportunity to influence the world for Christ and help advance the mission of the church by aspiring and intentionally working on becoming influential leaders in society, in civil society. And that's what the conversation is all about. Why? Just look at the television. You see it on the news. We read about it on every website. We know what's happening with the world. Much of what we're frustrated and worried about has taken place because Catholic leaders have not stepped up and assumed those roles that we should be occupying as laity. So we invite you to consider doing that, just that, praying about entering the public square. If not now, when? If not us, who? Have a beautiful weekend. We'll see you next week.